You're listening to Renewal by the Book, a Quran tafsir podcast based on Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya. This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. This Ramadan, our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org slash donate. اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتزكينا بها من جميع الأهواء والشهوات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وترفعنا بها أعلى الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Let's look at a verse uh, in Surah Ghafir about dua. And uh, this is a carryover verse from yesterday. Yesterday we were looking at uh, dhikr and dua. And then today's discussion was about awrad. And... Uh, so this is connected. Dua is part of dhikr and it should be part of awrad. That's how I'm going to rationalize carrying it over until today. Uh, the ayah in question says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's one that we know. وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ مُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and your Lord says call upon me and I will respond to you I will answer you certainly those who are too proud and too arrogant and vainglorious for my ibadah they will certainly enter Jahannam humiliated and debased. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about dua. And the ayah has many beautiful and subtle connections. So first, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ Your Lord says, Ud'uni, call upon me and supplicate me in dua. Rabb the Lord, the cherisher, the sustainer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the possessor of the most beautiful names and attributes, names of beauty and names of majesty. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that appellation, Rabbukum, your Lord, with the idafa, indicating closeness, Right? The idafa is the possessive here and Rabbukum, your Lord says. So already there's a relationship of closeness between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and between his ibad. Allah is ours. Right? And that relationship, the nature of that relationship of rububiyya, my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a relationship 
on my part of Ubudiyah in recognition of his Rububiyah. I recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's lordship and in recognition of that I respond accordingly in ibadah, in ubudiyah to him. So as a consequence of that relationship between me and my Lord, the consequence of that is naturally dua. Is naturally dua. And the ayah indicates to that in a very beautiful way. Your Lord said, call upon me. Because that's the nature of my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a relationship of need. And that is what ibadah is. In its essence, ibadah is my recognition and my need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what do I call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for? Right? Most of us would think of that as my material needs. Ya Allah, give me a better job. Ya Allah, I want to get into that college, that university. My marks are not that high. Ya Allah, find a way for me to get into that program. Uh, ya Allah, I want a bigger house. Ya Allah, a second car, first car, third car. Right? Uh, and usually we connect uh, our dua to tangible material things, needs. And indeed, alhamdulillah, that's, that's good. And that's part of dua because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, is a razaq, the provider, the provider of material needs. But the relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes much deeper than that. Because insofar and in as much as Allah Azza wa Jal is the creator uh, and the provider of material needs, He's the provider of non-material necessities and needs as well. That is, I need certainty. And He's ar-razaq. I need to be consistent and steadfast. His Ar-Razaq. I need strength. His Ar-Razaq. So my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the material level and then even deeper at the level of my heart right, uh, necessitates dua to Allah Azza wa Jal. And I think that is carried in those few words. That is, when it's time of difficulty and I'm weak I call upon Al-Qawi, Al-Qadir, Al-Muqtadir. When I'm in a relationship with my spouse and uh, I haven't, you know, find it difficult to fill the emotional bank account, I'm feeling emotionally stingy. Call upon what? Al-Wadud, Al-Rahman, Al-Rahim. When I you know, when I want more of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my heart, because my heart is scattered and uh, shattered in so many directions, I call upon Al-Jami' Al-Ahad Al-Wahid when, um, when I need more of Allah in my heart in terms of reverence, when I don't revere Allah enough, Al-Azim, Al-Kabir, Al-Muta'al. When I'm in a difficult situation and I don't have enough patience, al-sabur. When I'm not showing enough gratitude, 
that I know that I should as Shakur. So my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the level of dua is at every single level of need. Every dimension of my existence really cries out in need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore dua is a natural consequence of his rububiyyah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ud'uni astajib lakum, I will respond to you. And now for the seeker to Allah Azza wa Jal, you know, on that journey that we discussed today, the journey of my life to Allah Azza wa Jal and meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the journey of my heart, my heart has many needs. My heart has many wants, weaknesses. And I need the strength of his names and attributes to sustain me. And that provision can be, alhamdulillah, sought in so many ways through dhikr and tafakkur and reflection and sought through dua most directly to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So necessary on my journey to him. Astajib lakum, I will respond to you, says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, out of his divine largesse and divine kindness and grace. Then Allah ta'ala says something very, very, very meaningful. Those who are too proud, and that inna is for ta'kid, certainly those who are too proud for my ibadah. Now, ibadah here is general, and many of the ulama say it refers to dua. Right? So, the link, of course, is dua is ibadah. And we, we covered the hadith yesterday that a dua huwa al-ibadah. Dua is the essence of ibadah because it's the essence of, of, of manifesting my need and my poverty and my indigence for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the essence of ibadah. So dua is, dua is ibadah, but also those who refrain from dua, the verse is telling us, those who refrain from dua, refrain from my ibadah of dua. The verse is saying that they are characterized by what vice? What vice? Kibr, arrogance and pride. So that's at the level now of me. So the ulama say that when I find myself refraining from dua and find it very difficult to be in dua and staying away from dua and dua is not part of my natural my natural spiritual state of being that state that we said that is necessitated by Rabbukum Rububiyyah then that's an indicator that I have what vice in me? Pride and arrogance. Because I can't, I can't bring myself to be in dua. Because dua is the expression of lowliness, surrender, poverty to Allah Azza wa And when I can't do that, that's an indicator that I have pride in my heart. I have arrogance in my heart. I have vanity in my heart. 
And that is as true for those who don't believe in Allah as it is even more relevant for me as a, as a Muslim. That I have the, the vice of, of kibr and that would be sort of the, the king of all vices. The one that uh, shaitan uh, expressed and harbored inside himself and that necessitated his fall from the highest levels of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the lowest levels of distance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, kibr. That is something that the verse suggests and is something very important to me and you when we find great difficulty in dua. And many of the ulama have noticed, for example, that in general, dua is not practiced amongst Muslims as it should be. That rarely, rarely do Muslims, and these are from our teachers, their observations, rarely do Muslims engage in dua. Rarely is the dua sincere. Rarely is the dua consistent. That if we do do that, it's sporadic, now and then. And if we do do that, it's, it's not with our hearts. It's something simply on the tips of our tongue. Or we do it as simply, you know, after every salah we, you know, we make dua. We do it as a matter of course, a matter of formality, with our hearts absent. And that is not heard and responded to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is not ibadah. That's certainly not the essence of ibadah because proper dua necessitates a heart that is collected on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed, the greatest prize of dua, as we said and discussed last, last night, the greatest prize of dua is not that you're given, but that you are drawn near. The greatest prize of dua is not that you're given what you want, but that your heart is collected on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a state of jamma' on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that dua. And then, you know, if one might be like that, as our teachers teach us, you don't want, you don't want that to ever end. You don't want to leave the door of asking Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, which is what, if you only think of it as being bestowed something, then we will leave the door. But you want to stay at the door to Allah Azza wa Jal in dua because of what that produces of uns, of nearness and solace and gatheredness of one's heart on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is, that's the ayah. That's the ayah. And what, what comes to mind is a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yati alaykum zamanun, said he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There will come upon you a time, there will come a time. La yanju illa man da'allaha dua al-gharik. And the, the text is, is a sound text. There'll come a time when no one will, will be saved except the one who calls to Allah Ta'ala with the dua of one who is drowning. There'll come a time when no one will be saved 
No one will be saved of those who make dua except the one who makes dua like a drowning person. And how does a drowning person make dua? Very sincerely, desperately, in need, in want, without hope of any success from anyone. There's no one in sight. You're in the middle of an ocean. You're drowning. There are no means that we rely upon, especially in our time, where the means are so multiple, where we are so connected to other avenues and other means, and we rely upon those avenues and on those means. Whether those means are my own strength that I rely upon, or my own intellect that I rely upon, or my own planning, or technology, or my own work, or the community and other people to help me and I rely upon them. So we live in a time, the hadith suggests, where there'll come a time when our reliance is so scattered away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so connected to other asbab and other means, created means, right? that in that time, the only one who will be saved is one who truly makes dua with ikhlas, disconnected from those other means. And almost as to suggest that most of us don't make dua truly in poverty and in need of Allah Azza wa because our reliance is on so many of the other means. And number two, the hadith suggests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will know what our hearts are like and know that when we call upon Him, my heart is, is, is heedless. I'm truly relying on so many other things that Allah ta'ala almost as though He would say, you know, I won't answer until you sever your, your hopes and your reliance and your tawakkul on the other means that we rely on, particular in modern society, and that I will only answer you because you've, you know, you've lived your life relying on everyone besides me. Now, if you want me to answer you, you have to come to me with the sincerity of a drowning person. And that would be perhaps, Allah A'lam, applicable in our times now, especially with the, the multitude of means that we have and how we are so attached to other means and how we do think of dua. I do think of dua, but it's just dua. But it's not really work, right? Don't we think like that? Uh, it's, it's passive. Dua is passive. Is it really work? Shouldn't you be doing more work? You know, are you making a bit, you know, just, just make dua? It's because we, we, I think we do, sometimes I do have that kibber in me that says inside, not with my tongue, but with the lisan of my hal, with the tongue of my inner state, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, why should I ask? Because I feel in my mind I am something and I have other means available where I can accomplish what I want. 
And that is very dangerous at every level. Very dangerous at every level because, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may leave me to myself and my own devices and my own weakness and worthlessness and not come to my assistance uh, if I don't hold his rububiyyah in the esteem that it deserves and as a consequence of that call upon him for my needs at every level material and more important spiritual so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those uh, who truly find peace and solace and satisfaction in their dua uh, but as we said yesterday, to remind myself and you that it's something that I have to work for and, and strive for and, and struggle for. It doesn't come easy. And the nafs doesn't like to be in dua. And so I have to, inshallah, impose it upon myself as a wird. May Allah Azawajal make it easy for all of us. Jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass.